Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning. Can we greet our streaming family? Come on, greet them in Jesus' name. Welcome, Bethel family. Welcome to all of you today, and I do welcome you on a special day. This is the Lord Jesus' birthday. September 11, 3 B.C., if you want to document that, you can get Ernest L. Martin's book called The Star That Astonished the World. He wrote it in 1979. He was a dear friend of mine. uh, The information astonished me, but uh, what a special day. And as such, we could give him 2,000 spankings. That's a lot of candles during the drought. But you know, on this special day, I just want to commend him. At our house during birthdays, we usually honor the birthday boy or girl with sharing from our hearts the traits that we most admire and respect and love about them. And I want to share today. I want to say happy birthday to a tender Lord. I want to extol today his tenderness, his gentleness. Oh, beloved, we live in tense times. But tension was the mark of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to read from Isaiah 42, and we're going to read from Matthew chapter 12 briefly this morning. But I want to, underst- I want to underscore the tenderness and the gentleness of our Lord Because in the midst of abject hatred, he chose the high road of extending mercy. Now, he is the God-man. He's Lord, king of the universe, the fulfillment of all messianic hope and expectation. And yet he expressed gentleness and tenderness at every opportunity. He, in fact, was rejected as being the Messiah because... The folk during the time had a messianic expectation that expected a white steed, an Alexander the Great type figure who was going to come and kick the butt of Rome and, 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 and you know, bring the temple back to its place and bring the kingdom of David to bear. And actually he gave himself up to be tortured to death in a public ceremony of utter degradation, hung on a tree tortured to death for me. This wasn't the Messiah we were looking for. And to this day, he still isn't the Messiah so many are looking for. He's greater. So I want to say happy birthday to a tender Lord. And could I just go to Isaiah, sometimes called the fifth gospel, In Isaiah chapter 42, we're at a point of crescendo during the servant songs where Isaiah is announcing the Messiah, and he gets to the summit of announcement. That means we're going to hear the drum roll, and we're going to hear 
all we need to know about the Messiah and what is said. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. In Matthew chapter 12, we are introduced to the ministry of Jesus, and we're in an absolute moment of tension. The religious leaders who are anticipating the Messiah have actually set up a trap so that they can capture Jesus in order that they might kill him. What's the trap? They find a man who has a withered hand, and they bring this precious crippled man on the Sabbath day into the place of worship in order to bait Jesus to heal on the Sabbath so they can kill him. What? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> kill him because he does something on the Sabbath? Oh, yes, yes, Jesus, our Lord, split a room. When he went into a room, 50% were divided against him, 50% in his favor. How do you do in a room? Do you divide a room, darling? <laughs> don't worry as God's glory increases in these last days as he brings the, the I believe the greatest outpouring of God in human history rooms will be polarized but guess what whenever polarization took place the Lord Jesus Christ magnified he didn't get him his disciples wanted him to scuttle the enemy Kick their butts. Come on, Jesus. Flex your messianic muscles. Show who you are. And instead of ruling like the Gentile powers through manipulation, control, yelling, and screaming through a bullhorn, he showed mercy and tenderness. Isaiah mentions two plants. He mentions the reed. The reeds grew in marshes around the riversides, and you see them swaying in the wind, but they were weak to begin with. They were extraordinarily weak. The shepherds would take them, and they would hollow them out, and they would make little flutes out of them. But when a reed was crushed, or it had been bent, or it had been stepped on, it was now useless, and actually it was good for nothing. Once a tender reed had lost its significance, it was worthy of being trampled underfoot. But you see, to Jesus, our precious Lord, no one is useless. No matter what you've endured, beloved, you may be like a barely held-together reed this morning. God knows your intimate life. He knows your inner world, honey. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you were. And he knows that sometimes a reed with the slightest wounding is now something useless. Now, normal people would just destroy them. They're ruined. They're useless. They're nothing. But how does Christ respond how does the Messiah handle a bruised reed, barely able to hold itself together? Hmm. 
Does he finish it off? <clears throat> Remember when you were kids, you'd see a bug, you didn't know what it was, and what your reaction was to kill it. Why? Because you didn't know what it was. Reeds that were no longer useful were cast aside because there are a million more that you can get. How does Jesus handle? How does the grand Messiah, creator of heaven and earth, handle a bruised reed? He reaches down tenderly and he takes it and he repairs it. He restores it. He works with it. Why waste your time, Jesus, on him? Don't you know what he's done? Don't you know where she's been? She is useless. No one is useless to our tender shepherd. He reaches down, he restores, he repairs. He takes what no one would even take the time of day to acknowledge. And there he is repairing and restoring the bruised reed so that it can play again. I don't know anything about him, but I want to know more about him if that's the way the Messiah is, if that's the way. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh, beloved, if you want to see the heart behind a hundred billion trillion galaxies, it is a smiling face of providence, a tender But in, Ma in Matthew chapter 12, the religious spirit of the day, they're trying to murder him. Hey, do you know any crippled, any special needs people? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, bring him in on the Sabbath, okay? And stick him up in front of Jesus. And we're going to lay a trap. Because, see, you weren't supposed to, that was a violation of the fourth commandment. They thought, don't work on the Sabbath. But God said, don't work on the Sabbath. True, but he never defined work. So the rabbis got to work defining work. Huh? And they got down to wonder. They called it building a hedge around the law. If the law said, don't go into Santa Monica, the rabbis would say, don't go into California, because if you never go into California, you'll never wander by mistake into Santa Monica. Notice every good thing starts out with a good intention. Look at your marriage. <laughs> My Lord, <laughs> should have taken the offering. Now, look at this. It sounds like a good idea, right? But the, what the rabbis got down to was you couldn't carry a handkerchief on the Sabbath. That was work. But if you wore it as an article of clothing, that was fine. What? You could only walk a Sabbath day's journey, all right? That was a, we knew that was about a half a mile. But if you walked a half a mile and you put some of your house, like one of your chairs or your pillows, that equaled a domicile. So now you could walk from your house to that domicile and walk another Sabbath day's journey. There are ways of getting around things. <laughs> and when the Lord Jesus came, the Sabbath looked nothing like him. It had become a, a day of oughts and shoulds and bondage, and it was horrifying. You know why most people don't go to church? They've already been. That's 
So the people supposedly existing only for the Messiah to come had become such hateful individuals that they despised the meek. They despised the bruised reeds who were now useless. Yeah, get that weird, retarded, one-armed man. Who is he? Bring him in here. When he's done, throw his butt out. <laughs> Defiling this holy place. Beloved, there was tension in the time of our Lord, and there is the same tension existing today in our time. What side are we going to take? Are we going to fall on the side of tenderness and mercy? Beloved, the greatest outpouring of God in human history is just ahead of us, but do you know how that glorious weight and power is going to fall? It's going to fall upon those who are meek, tender-hearted, gentle. Those who wouldn't dream of further finishing off a bruised reed. Get that thing out of here. A bruised reed he will not break, and dimly burning flax. Oh, 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 what's dimly burning flax? Well, they used to take bits of linen from the old priest's garments, and they would take and wind them together as a wick, and then they would dip some oil in a lamp, and then you would set them ablaze, and then the oil would soak into them, and you would have a nice little bit of light. But what happens when the oil is gone? The wick begins to smoke. And now that which was intended to bring light now will blind anyone in the house. Dimly burning flax, the last bit of a wick, so frail and fragile a baby's breath. Could blow it out. It's now disposable. It's now useless. See? Who in your mind have you recently declared as useless, unusable? This is unfixable. This relationship is disposable. Happy birthday, tender, tender Lord. He's not finished. He said, I will give you beauty in place of ashes. Ashes represent dreams that have burnt down to nothing. Uselessness. And Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. Y'all done? Y'all finished? Okay. Bring me those ashes. Bruised reed, right? You just stomped it. Bring that to me, please. A dimly burning ember. It's now smoking everybody's eye. Throw it out, Lord. We have some new flax wicks. Fresh wicks. No, 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 I'm not finished yet. Bring me that. The thing that is deemed useless. Have you ever felt that inside? I was once shining bright. My God, my God, I brought light to everyone in my world. But now it's over. It's done. You don't know what I've done. Guess what? The Savior of the universe knows exactly what you've done. And he knows why you've done it. 
you know, there's a big difference between rebellion and immaturity, and people never know the difference, but Jesus knows. Ever been called a rebel and you weren't? Might have been immature. Oh, grossly immature, but you were not a rebel. Isn't it funny? Everybody has an opinion. Opinions like armpits. Everybody's got them, and most of them stink. <laughs> but the only opinion that matters is the applause of heaven. Little golf hand clap of the nail-scarred hand. You play to a director of one, an audience of one, one producer, one writer. He is your Lord. He knows you, honey. He knows why you did what you did when you don't even know. And you can belong before your belief is right and your behavior is right. You can belong here. See, we love bruised reeds, dimly burning flax, things that the whole world is throwing away because, you see, when Jesus gives you his eyes and you start seeing people the way he sees people, oh, God's not finished with you, honey. You're finished with you. They're finished with you. God, help us all. But he isn't. You say, Craig, I'm a bruised reed. You have no idea. Boy, was I an instrument in the hand of God. Boy, was God able to use me. It's all right. He's not finished with you. Oh, I brought light to the world. You have no idea. But then, God knows the but then. Hey, it's all right. He's not finished with you. You didn't know you came to hear good news today, did you, honey? You didn't know that the heartbeat of the universe, the only heart that matters, knows everything about you. And he designed for you to be sitting right there, right now. Because he wants to tell you he's a tender Lord. He knows everything you did, and he knows everything you're going to do 10 days from now. And he, he, he looks at you and he never blinks because he's so desperately in love with you he can't take his eyes off you. Oh, you won't look at you in the mirror because you know you. God have mercy. You know last night. You know, you know 70, 72 hours ago. Let me ask you, how do you handle people that are useless and can't further your cause? Do you know we see your greatness in the kingdom by the least in your midst that you serve? Who's great in the kingdom? Oh, not the religious leaders who are trying to kill Jesus. They, they blew trumpets in the synagogue before they prayed so that you'd listen to them pray. Jesus is mocking them, by the way. He's, he's, he's mocking the big fat Pharisees with the phylacteries, and, and, and they're blowing horns so that you would listen to their prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thou who Jehovah, Jireh, who dwelleth in the... We used to have a guy named Prayer Guy, and he would always lead in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray now that you would... And his tongue would swell, and we don't know what he said beyond the... Heavenly Father, and I'm like going, I can't amen anything this man is saying. Do you know people with theatrics, they blow a horn so that you're listening to their exquisite prayer. <laughs> I remember the first time as a boy I did... Um, Channel 40 at the time, TBN had been on the air for like 20 minutes. 
and the, and uh, they put me on. They had one camera and a shower curtain. Gene and Evie Wilson, they used to lead Teen Challenge way back in the day, in Mesolithic era, when dinosaurs walked with men. And I knew that they had a habit of asking whoever was on the show, please lead us in prayer, okay? I was so bound up then I couldn't lead in silent prayer, okay? So I threaten Gene and Evie before we go on the air. It's live, right? No, five, four. I said, I will have to hurt you both if any of you at any point turn to me and say, Craig, would you lead us in a season of prayer? I didn't know what a season of prayer was. I didn't know how to pray. So I threatened Gene Wilson as we go live. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Praise the Lord. You know, that's how bound up I was. So I see a few of you all have come lead in prayer. <laughs> I was a bruised reed man, <laughs> dimly burning flag. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord, God can strike a straight blow with a crooked stick? Someone say amen. amen. He can use you when you're completely unusable. He can use you to lead in silent prayer. Amen. amen. That was my gift. But you know, one thing I learned when I didn't know the Bible and I hadn't studied systematic theology and I didn't have a doctorate and I didn't have this and I didn't know the history of thought and I didn't know Greek and Hebrew and I didn't know, I did know a tender Lord. And I knew he loved me. He would love beyond reason. I knew I was his beloved. I knew I was not. You are not what you have. Because if your value is set in what you have, then when you no longer have it, then you're not valuable. You pray one way, a hundred grand in the bank. You pray another way, a hundred grand in debt. It's that prayer when you're thrown out of a light aircraft. You don't need prayer lessons. Jesus, help me, God. And I want that person praying for me. I want the hundred grand in debt prayer when they put hands on my head. Amen? You know the passion. You know what I'm talking about. Versus the hundred grand in the bank. Dear Heavenly Father, it's so good to call you Father. Those gentle prayers when you're in control and you're Lord of your life. Anyway, I don't want to. Jesus is Lord until we disagree with him. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> and Gretchen says, Amen. Glad you're wearing a mask in God's house, honey. He still sees you. Didn't fool anyone. <laughs> Come on. Preach it, because he's certainly not. <laughs> it was his it was his mercy. Leslie Phillips years ago wrote a song. Uh, Waiting for angry words to seal my soul. Knowing I don't deserve another chance. And suddenly the sweetest words I've ever heard come pouring to my heart. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O oh Lord, knowing that you love us no matter what we 
It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O oh Lord, knowing that you love us no matter what we do makes us want to love you too. Is that true? It's his kindness. He could crush you. And he's the only one who will reach down and redeem and res repair and restore. Oh, my, 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 my. Isn't it funny how we want justice for others and mercy for us? Get them, Lord. <laughs> Take them down. <laughs> Kill them, Lord. <laughs> Grind their teeth with vinegar. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold. Before we go there now, you want justice for that man? Okay, first take it for you. No, Lord, I want mercy. Please duct tape the mercy button down. Mercy only here. Mercy, 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 mercy. You bet. You can't will justice for them and mercy for you. You have to will mercy for them and mercy for you. Because when you sow mercy, you reap mercy. The leaders at the time of Jesus are sowing hatred, cloaked under religious language. They bring a man with a withered hand into the, t not to be healed, but hoping Jesus will heal him so they can kill him because he broke the Sabbath and violated the fourth commandment. What? <laughs> That's how crazy religious people get. Seems to make sense. <laughs> the Sabbath looked nothing like Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And you can always do good on the Sabbath. And as my father always works on the Sabbath, so I work on the Sabbath. And it says they stepped out of the room and designed how better they might destroy him. Tension. A little tension in the town. That spirit on one side of the room and on the other side of the room, a very grateful man who is, now has two hands because his wither hand has just been healed. Ask that man what he thinks of Jesus, the Messiah. Ask the man who just got healed. Don't ask the fools that want him destroyed. Don't confuse me with the facts I've already made up my mind. Isn't it great to have a relationship with those people? Don't confuse me with the facts I've already made up my mind. Now go right ahead. What were you going to say? You see the tension in our time? Doesn't need to be political tension. Whatever the tension is, mercy wins. Tenderness wins. Choose tenderness. But, but, but they, but they, but you. Look in the mirror. If you want to crucify somebody, look in the mirror. You know, this tongue, it's a concealed weapon. We, we, we should have to have a con conceal and carry permit because you say things on the East Coast that murder someone's reputation on the West Coast. Praise the Lord. I'm just telling the truth so you can pray more accurately for them. <laughs> Excuse me, are you all right? You seem to be manifesting something. Well, they did it. Well, aren't you glad God doesn't handle truth the way you handle truth 
Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's true. Well, God knows everything you thought the last 72 hours, and he could broadcast it in downtown New York City and right on that ticker tape under CNN. But he doesn't do it that way. Praise God, because he's a tender Lord. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. He was born to die for me. He came for me. He came to clothe me with tenderness when I deserved justice. Gave me mercy when I deserved a righteous retribution. So do you want justice or mercy? <laughs> Bruised reed. Notice the Messiah, right? Isaiah announces him. Here's Messiah. And what does he have? A bullhorn? Is he yelling? Is he manipulative? Is he controlling? Is he Gentile? Is he Caesar? Is he running everything? Is he taking charge? Is he doing everything Gentile world leaders do? Absolutely not. It says he wouldn't even raise his voice in the streets. You had He didn't scream. He didn't yell. He wasn't whooping. Hey, I'm the Messiah. Boom, he's dead. Anybody want to doubt me? I know what you did 20 minutes ago. Boom. You know, okay, come on. I want a little of that. I still... Fleshly enough. <laughs> but only my short list of who God should boom. It's just a little list, Jesus. It's just a little list. <laughs> but aren't you glad the glory that is coming will rest upon the meek and not the sorrows of the world? It's not coming upon the proud. It's going to crush the proud. You know, I mentioned before we went live that one of the most profound things a man of God ever told me is he said, Craig, every decision you ever make, you're either exalting yourself or humbling yourself. Which one is it? Whenever you decide to have dinner with someone, whenever you decide to be merciful to someone, whenever you decide to do anything you do, you're exalting yourself or you're humbling yourself and you're the only one that knows. You can even do the right thing with a smile and you hate in your heart. God goes, I saw that. <laughs> you brought the right sacrifice to the right altar, but your heart's wrong. <clears throat> you know, only he knows these things. It's like, oh, my God. Craig, how am I? You see, if he says, look, look, you know you deserve justice. I choose to give you mercy. So why don't you give your brother and sister mercy? That's correct answer. There you go. <clears throat> when you hear the bell, go to geometry. All right, good. Why is that so difficult? Why are your sins an understandable weakness and theirs are an abomination that must be scourged from the universe? <laughs> Again, your little friends are coming out. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Could we talk to Gretchen again? We want to talk to Gretchen. Gretchen, are you in there? The only zoo. Ah, I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) 
I should have just let that happen. I'm sorry, honey. I, I quenched your little spirit, and I quenched a spirit. Yeah, and I know that. Well, anywho, anywho, it's our choice. Mercy is going to be the flag of this move of God. Tenderness is going to win the day. Sorry, yelling, screaming, manipulating, cajoling, bullhorn, about your way or the highway, that the Lord will not put his anointing on that because he never has. Velvet-covered steel. Oh, you could do something about it. I had a friend that was a great mentor in my life and he was a great fan of Bruce Lee and my friend was a third-degree black belt, and he was extremely dangerous, and he was worked for our government in some interesting capacities. But I watched him walk away from fights that he could have easily won. I watched him walk away from some young men who had no idea who he was, and they threw a baseball bat, which he split in midair in peace. And when it fell to the floor, he walked away. You can walk away from a fight, honey. You know, when you're Lord and King of the universe, you don't have to take on every pipsqueak. Tenderness is going to be the signature of this outpouring. Tenderness, the goodness of God, the mercy of God. Beloved, it isn't yelling. Elijah the prophet, God's voice wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in all the loudness. It was a still, small voice. You've heard me say it a million times. I'll conclude with this. The snow falls all night, not making a sound, and bends down the strongest tree. Silent power. The sun warms the earth every day. Silent power. The dew waters the earth every day. Silent power. Some of the greatest power in the history of the Bible is quiet, but undeniable. And we're on the brink of that. Happy birthday, tender Lord. Oh, isn't it a pleasure to know him? Isn't it a pleasure to serve him? Oh, beloved, if you don't know him, you don't need to jump through hoops and bells and smells and incense and nonsense. All you need to do right now in your heart is just say, oh, yes, yes, Jesus, yes. Whoever you are, I love you. Come in. That's it. No one needs to know. You don't need to walk up. You don't need to wave your hand. You don't need to even close your eyes. You can just in your own heart say, I think I would like a tender Lord like that. I think I would like someone sitting on the throne of my soul who wants to repair me, the broken bruised reed, who wants to re-fire me, the dimly burning flags. And you know what? He'll come right in. Shh. It's between the two of you. But you will never be the same when you let this precious Lord in. It's like opening the submarine underwater. It's like opening the airplane in the air. <laughs> just, just, just say, you can look right at me like you're bored to death and just already inside be saying, yes, Lord, come into my heart. Give me some of that. 
I don't want justice, I want mercy. Guess what? He died on the cross to pour an endless stream of mercy to you and yours. Here is love vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood, when the prince of life our ransom shed for us his precious blood. Who his love will not remember, who can cease to sing his praise, he will never be forgotten through all heaven's endless days. Happy birthday, Jesus. Let me pray for you, if I could, and your precious family, and your loved ones, and everyone who matters to you. Father in heaven, O oh gracious one, you who have eternally been in communion with your beloved Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray for my dear friends right now, God. Lord, for your sons, these sons of Adam, they are made by your hand. They are precious to you. Lord, bless each of your sons today, Lord. Melt their hearts, Lord. Melt the ice of their hearts with the warmth of your tenderness and your mercy right now, that they would receive your mercy and your tenderness right now and your grand forgiveness for them, that they would more than embrace you and come to know you and love you. And Lord, again, we ask that you would just melt away any things that are no longer helpful for us as sons of God. Any bondages and yokes, Lord, would melt like the wax they're made of in the sun of your love right now, Lord. Melt them away. Let the anointing displace any yoke for your sons. Let everyone gloriously come to know you and let their hearts smile on the inside as they welcome a tender Lord today. And Lord, for your beautiful daughters, these precious daughters of Eve, God, I extend my hand, right? Ask you to bless your precious girls, Lord. They're, your, they're the apple of your eye, Lord. They're, they're so tender and precious to you, Lord. And, and they may be bruised reeds and dimly burning flax, but we pray now, Lord, that set, fix and repair, Lord, these precious, precious daughters of the Most High God, Lord. The dimly burning flax, set them ablaze again with fresh fire that they would burn triumphantly, Lord, bringing light into this world. Restore and repair every broken area, every defiled place, Lord, that you would bring your holy hand and your holy touch and you would restore and renew your precious daughters. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you for a present on your birthday as we always do. <laughs> do these things, I pray, even though it's your birthday. Amen. Can you give God praise right now? Can you give him a little praise? Bless his holy name. Isn't he marvelous? Isn't he wonderful? What a mighty God he is. He is so lovely. He's so precious. Yeah, I was hearing Joe Cocker sing, You Are So Beautiful, the other day, and I just thought singing that to Jesus. He's so precious. And he's never given up on you, and he's never left you when everyone has. A friend is someone who walks in when the whole world is walking out. And they should. But he walks in. Because he sees that there's a blessing in your little cluster that you don't see. There's still wine left in you. Everybody's ready to give you the death blow. God always sends me the people <laughs> that are bruised reeds and barely smoking flax. Because you know what? I love bruised reeds and dimly burning flax. I love them. 
and he does too. You know you're like him when you love the things he loves, when your friends are his friends, when his enemies are your enemies. You know you're right in the right place. Amen. David, could you bring the table of the Lord to us today? Now, dear ones visiting, this is just a little bit of grape juice. It's not wine. It's juice, and there's a little bit of a piece of bread in there that we're, where we, where we, as a point of contact, we just simply, uh, uh, we, we go to the table of the Lord together, and today specifically, we're just going to say, I want to receive mercy for me, and I want to be a conduit of mercy for others. If you're uncomfortable, you don't need to take it, okay? If it's something like some weird thing you don't understand, just pass it by. Don't worry. Nobody's looking at you, okay? And we love you, and God bless you, and God bless our David as he comes David's like Isaiah. He brings the drum roll. <laughs> now, for our, our loved ones online, we, we love you. Those of you that are guests, do not be moved by this at all. But we just, if we feed you, those of you watching, would you please feed us? Got to pay some bills this week in five days, and we would certainly love to be able to pay them fully and completely. And uh, those of you that are our guests, you're not pestered, we're not manipulated or controlled. We do not even bring that kind of thing up here. But for those of you that are with us and you spend your time here, and maybe you don't have a church home and this has sort of been your home, then we certainly would appreciate your love and your support. Amen. And because the bills are faithful yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) Amen. David, come and lead us. David Logan, let's greet our brother. Well, you can't clap because you're holding the table of the Lord. <laughs> We're clapping in the spirit, David. God's peace on you today. Thank you. While you uh, prepare your hearts and the elements, I just have a little testimony today. So last weekend I was in Las Vegas visiting my family, my granddaughter. I was on a scooter. She was on a scooter going down a street, didn't think anything of it, and there was a rock about this big that I did not see. I went head over the handlebars, went right on my face. You may be able to kind of see it. Jesus is already at work because this is a thousand times better. You should have seen it Tuesday morning. Completely shut, swollen, bruised all over. I mean, it looked horrifying. I had to wear a patch for a while, not because of healing, but because I didn't want to scare everybody when they saw me, because I had stuff I had to do. Let me tell you about the mercy of Jesus. I have another pair of glasses that have dark lenses that I sometimes wear during the day. They're glass. I forgot to take them to Las Vegas. That was an act of God. If I would have had those on, oh, I've got two pairs of these. So the ones that I was wearing, completely destroyed. But because these are plastic, the lens went around my eye and protected my eye. It it was totally scuffed, but it protected my eye. This was my fault that this happened, but even in our failures, our mistakes, we still receive the mercy of God. Jesus is still looking out after you. He still sends his angels to put a limit on the damage that can be done. Anyway, what a merciful, amazing God we have. And then I was in Psalms this week, 
And it took me back to the original Passover because in Psalms it says, when the children of Israel went out of Egypt, not one of them was feeble. Something miraculous happened when they fed on the lamb that night. And we're going to feed on the Passover lamb right now. May his health be throughout your body. May every cell be vibrant with his resurrection life. Let's break the bread and let's partake. Thank you, Yeshua, that you are our Passover lamb. Then it says in Exodus, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. Because of your faith in Jesus, his blood is now on the doorpost of your life. The plague of sin can no longer harm you. The plague of death can no longer harm you. The plague of the enemy attacking you cannot defeat you because of the blood of Jesus. Let's partake. His mercy is everlasting. His love endures forever. His redemption for you cannot be reversed. You're forever his, safe and sound. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.